0: Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week Alice and Lincoln Day, who have produced an amazing film about the impact of war on the natural environment, which fits perfectly with World Beyond War's upcoming conference on that topic. Scarred Lands and Wounded Lives is the name of the film. It was produced between 2006 and 7 in Australia, California, Vermont, Maryland, the District of Columbia, and Virginia. The feature link. F- version premiered at the 2008 D.C. Environmental Film Festival. It's been screened at film festivals around the U.S. and other countries, won 15 awards. A shorter 56-minute version of the film was created that aired nationally on public television in 2011 and 12, and it will be screened at the No War 2017 conference coming up in September in Washington, D.C. See worldbeyondwar.org. The film's website is Land com. Alice and Lincoln Day, welcome to Talk Nation Radio.
1: Thank you. We're delighted to be here and very interested that uh, your conference includes the idea of the impact of war on the environment, because that is a fairly new way of looking at war that is, seems to be becoming a lot more important as time goes on.
0: Uh, It it really is, Uh, and the the film goes through, we can't even uh, begin to list the types of impacts, but can you you describe uh, some of what's left behind after there has been a war somewhere?
1: Well, we uh, included with archival footage uh, the uh, images of six different wars, and um, all of them show an immense amount of damage, of course. Uh, one of the things that is most important, it happens, is the destruction of trees. And I think that is interesting because of the impact of war that we're beginning to recognize on the warming of the planet. And we think that it's time that people can make a connection between the damage that war is doing now to the earth and uh, the difficulty of controlling or slowing down climate change, which is um, such a challenge uh, that we're facing.
2: Something else that we have in there that uh, usually isn't mentioned is unexploded ordnance. And um, that has had a, a very important place in uh, uh, in agriculture in particular, um, uh, since, uh, uh, especially since World War I and World War II, and um, also there is the effect on, on uh, uh, water. That's often not mentioned, but we have some data uh, or some uh, films in, uh, uh, some data in the film about um, oil leakage from uh, sunken ships during World War I in the Pacific Ocean, or World War II, rather. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, in uh, fact, it's... hundreds of hundreds of oil tankers lying on the bottom of the Pacific, still full of oil, that will inevitably leak out and destroy the ocean if something isn't done about them. Right.
2: Well, they're already leaking out, but uh, certainly <laughs> there's a lot more to be done about that.
1: The uh, getting back for a moment to the unexploded ordnance in case of. The, what that means doesn't occur to you right away. Uh, this would include landmines, uh, which are purposely put down uh, to catch people who are walking along. In many countries, there are hundreds of them, and they're still being uh, demined uh, one at a time, very often by people walking on them. Uh, and then there are the cluster bombs that were dropped um, during the Vietnam War and uh, I think the war in Lebanon. And um, these uh, are little bombs that uh, for a terrible reason are attracted to uh, children or children are attracted to them. And they go into a field where they've been dropped and pick them up and then they lose their limbs. So uh, these are a uh, terrible legacy of war, that, again, that we don't always speak of. that hidden in the environment
2: and they, all, and they also uh, take a lot of land out of uh, productive agriculture you just can't take a chance uh, with these uh, unexploded
0: with this ar- unexploded
2: ordnance around
0: and cluster bombs uh correct me if i'm wrong were used by the united states in iraq in recent years and uh, they leave colorful little mini bombs lying all around for years to come and uh many of them unexploded and kids uh kids as you say look at them and think they might be something to play with and and pick them up right oh yeah That's right yeah so you know
1: that uh, <clears throat> those things um are in the environment and continue to make war on people even after the peace has been declared. So
0: it's
2: a terrible With way a, to think. A, a particular emphasis in, in many cases on uh, its effect on children.
0: Yeah. We're speaking with Alice and Lincoln Day, whose film is called Scarred Lands and Wounded Lives, uh, The Environmental Footprint of War. Uh, You started out, uh, Alice, talking about uh, trees. Uh, There was footage in the film from Vietnam and from Afghanistan, but it was very different ways in which the, the forests were destroyed in those two wars, wasn't it?
1: and in Vietnam, um, uh, great uh, swaths of forests were destroyed in Vietnam by uh, Agent Orange, applying Agent Orange by plane over the fields and in the forests. And um, not only did that destroy the trees, but of course it left a terrible legacy of poison which is still affecting the uh, Vietnamese through generations of, of children. And um, the, uh, another way that uh, is affected in <clears throat> Afghanistan is that people u- needed to use the trees uh, for wood uh, for uh, cooking and for building, and they cut them down.
0: And how is that how is that a result of war?
2: Daily food. Uh, the, uh, uh, for instance, the uh, production of uh, food in, um, in the Middle East has been very much affected by unexploded ordnance and also by uh, simply uh, war material uh, destroying uh, areas that were used for the production of food.
0: Yeah, I, I know that uh, you know a lot of this destruction of the natural world seems to be treated as a, just an irrelevant uh, side effect of war by the war makers. But to what extent uh, is it sometimes a tool of war? That is destruction of people's e- ecosystems as a as a way of depriving them intentionally of of their resources.
1: Well, we have uh, footage in our film of a a soldier who was in the Vietnam War, and he described his experiences um, with um, what was happening to the environment, and he actually says, sometimes I feel that uh, we are punishing the environment more than the enemy, the people themselves, by blowing up their land and... uh, of cutting down their trees and poisoning the places that they live. So uh, he saw that, and it's rather unusual to have a person who was involved actively in conflict looking out. He says the, the in Vietnam they were taken from place to place by helicopter, and they looked out over the fields, and they could see the damage that was being done. And it just seemed to be really so much more than was necessary to do that um it, uh, he felt very deeply about it and he thought what would the, we feel how would we feel if that were being done to our bean fields and our cornfields how would we feel about it and it's that kind of empathy about the land that is unusual i think for a person who's actually involved in conflict this, so it uh,
2: makes his his evidence and what he says in the film very poignant. This man, the, the soldier Alice is referring to, happens to come from a rural area in, in Indiana, and he feels a particular kinship with the effect on the
0: rural areas in, in uh, Vietnam. Yeah. It seems to me that a lot of people imagine, rather disgracefully, I should say, that all the damage that US wars do to the environment at least is happening many miles away. You know, as Lindsey Graham, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham would put it, uh, you know, thousands of people are going to die over there, but not over here, so who cares? and yet it i've read that the US military is the is the third highest uh, polluter of US waterways and has created 69% of the Superfund environmental disaster sites in the US it almost seems that there's even more destruction done in the preparations for war than in the wars am i am i way off in that
1: no it's not at all one of the people in the film, a, history, a professor of history, a professor of, um, who was very interested in changes in attitudes toward the environment, <coughs> excuse me, um, said that he thought that the more damaging.
0: sonic booms from uh, Navy uh, testing uh, kills marine life that people are supposed to care about, <laughs> whales and dolphins, uh, in large numbers, right? Oh, and, yes. yes. Yes,
1: and not just the whales and dolphins. I think the, um, the, the booms that our Navy make are, are harming a lot of uh, aquatic life. It's, they're just so enormous, and the vibrations are so big that um, they can't support it. There's, there's no protection is, against it. them,
2: really. Yeah.
1: So it's, uh, <clears throat> what you're pointing out is that the environmental damage uh, is very, very far-reaching, not just uh, the immediate things that we think of. It just goes everywhere and every corner, including the ocean
0: and, and
2: the air. It's not just contemporary; it's, it lasts a long, long time. Yeah. No. In fact, i uh, uh, years ago I was in Verdun uh, uh, for a conference, actually, and I rented a bicycle and rode around in the in the area. It's a lovely part of France now, in many ways. And I um, crawled through a, a fence. To just to get into a place to eat a sandwich, and uh, I found my trousers uh, were caught on uh, a um, bit of barbed wire, which I hadn't really seen. It looked or, kind of, or but didn't seem to be much of a problem. And I looked at that barbed wire more carefully, and it was obviously wire from World
1: War One. Yeah. Another another thing left in the environment. No. But um, our film takes up some other things that I think are important for us to think about. Um, uh, We have a segment with Martin Luther King in it speaking briefly uh, about the impact of the Vietnam War and concern about the war on uh, the efforts uh, to do something about poverty. And... um, I think that war as a distraction from the uh, social needs that are really important uh, and are really forgotten when we uh, are put aside when we're at war. I think that's a very important um, impact that we don't always think about. The war as a distraction that takes us away from the social challenges we really should be addressing.
0: And as and a. And a that financial certainly... distraction, right? I think you. I think it's environmental activist Lester Brown who ha, you have pointing out that with a fraction of the military money, you could address poverty and population growth and environmental needs.
1: Right, yeah. And I think that the, this applies to climate change. I think that it's very difficult to think about the importance of addressing uh, climate change when we're concerned about war. And what's happening in these various hot spots in the world, and especially when we add nuclear war to that, and that is coming back to haunt us again now.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And that is a big, important part of the film, is uh, the dangers uh, and the destruction from the nuclear industries. Um, But I I, want to ask, because we're going to have this conference bringing together peace activists and environmental activists, this seems like a perfect film for both groups. Um, Which which have you found more interested in it, uh, peace groups or environmental groups?
1: I think that's very hard to say. Uh, um, This is a film that is difficult to draw a lot of people to um, sometimes because people don't want to really come to terms with it. But I think that our film, I hope our film, blends those two to the extent that it uh, is equally relevant to people in both those groups and to people who are concerned about climate change. And we keep having needing, I think, to bring that in and connect the dots with that.
2: And I think also, actually, that people who are concerned about the one are usually concerned about
0: the other as well. I think so. Although the big peace organizations, uh, you know, big being a relative term here, uh, uh, seem very eager to take on the needs of the environmental movement, uh, whereas... Some environmental groups uh, have been uh, helpful in wanting to send speakers to our conference uh, and some uh, seem like they would not touch peace with a ten-foot pole. Uh, even if the Pentagon is the top consumer of petroleum and top destroyer of the environment, it seems that that peace uh, and uh, opposition to war is just toxic for for many big environmental groups. Am I, uh, a- I think am that's I crazy? It's been
1: the case for a long time. People often talk about it. Why why don't they merge uh, the two? Uh, because they're uh, so
0: exactly they
1: related to each other, but they ha- haven't seemed to want to do that, but I think that's being overcome uh, little by little. Um, but it's, it's still there. There's definitely a compartmentalization in the interest and the, um, the way people want to look at the uh, concerns that they take on so that those two things haven't come together with, um, with the environmentalists.
0: Yeah, well, we do need to overcome it. I oh. hope it is being overcome. Sure. Um, you, you mentioned in the film that there's there's actually a section in the Geneva Conventions that says you can't, uh, you should not destroy the natural environment uh, while you know bombing yeah. the earth. I don't know how that could be done, but but that the United States uh, refuses to accept that measure. Is is that right?
1: That, that's right. That was uh, General Guard, one of the people we have speaking in the film, who talked about Protocol One to the Geneva uh, Convention, that uh, protection of the environment is a, is a responsibility. But, uh, well, as you know, the United States doesn't want to feel uh, pinned down by any kind of uh, regulation. Um they want, want to feel free to, to do what they, or we, uh, they uh, want to feel free to do what we want and not be um, hammered or, you know, uh, uh, pinned down, limited right. by regulations that apply to other countries. It's very
0: unfortunate. Do you, do you think that's something we should try to change? I mean, I'm of two minds because... War itself is illegal, and I don't want to give people the idea that there's a proper way to do mass murder. But on the other hand, if it could benefit the environment in even a small way, you know, should we try to launch a campaign to demand that the United States uh, abide by that uh, part of the Geneva Conventions?
2: Well, I think the main problem you have all the time with this, no matter what you're up to uh, with your group right now, is that war, for a very large number of people, is highly profitable. I mean, profitable in monetary terms, that uh, is obvious, but also profitable in the sense that it it gives people a reason
0: to behave
2: the way they are behaving or want to behave. It gives them status, uh, it gives them uh, prestige in one way or another. And, um, uh, I mean, I've been to meetings where, uh, somebody is talking about something that doesn't seem to have to, any bearing on these things, and, and they'll ask how many people are veterans, and the hands go up. Uh, there, there is a lot of this, people who weren't happy in school, maybe, boys who weren't happy in school or weren't rewarded or appreciated or, uh, whatever, um, Putting on a uniform, doing what they're told, and uh, doing it along with a lot of other people. There's a lot of, a lot of positive uh, gains at a very individual level from uh, going to war.
1: But uh, going back to the idea about um, possibly bringing up uh, protection of the environment as a re- as the responsibility, I I think it might be a good idea uh, to make make that a cause just to get people to think that you're destroying not just human beings, you're destroying the earth. Um, and you're, uh, there's a lot of publicity now of extinction of other, of other species. And I think that is an issue that, that concerns people. And uh, when you're destroying the environment, you're destroying other species as well. Yeah. So I, I think there might be something in that uh Certainly need to do some research about it uh, and see exactly what we be involved. But to to uh, emphasize a moral responsibility for the environment uh, in what we're doing, including in the military uh, sense, I think would make. We different.
0: We, we might it's take it, like to, it to Congress more profitably than to the Secretary of ExxonMobil. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but I, I, yeah. I think you both make very good points, but I, I think there are also a lot of negatives to war and, it, you know, we can tell people that it's counterproductive, that it endangers us, that it costs all this money, that it kills all these people, that it takes away our civil liberties, and on and on. But if we can add in there that it's environmentally destructive and make that part of everybody Calculation of is this going to be the 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 first ever good and just war or is this going to be another uh, you know unjust war like all the others? I, I mean it it's, it can't possibly hurt, can it? For the for people oh, to. I think
1: it's a good idea. I agree with you I'm completely. A, I, yes. I'm all for it. I think yeah. it uh, it's been a, a silent casualty. We we uh, talk about the environment. as the silent casualty in our film. In fact, the soldier we mentioned in Vietnam. Saw it that way, and um, he, he wanted to give voice to the environment about what the what war was doing to it. So, um, no, I, th- I think it might be well worth a, a, an organization going at that that way.
0: Yeah, well, we're gonna have this whole conference about it, and we'll discuss different uh, different strategies. I it, do. You, do you think, though, that the whole ideology of destructiveness that says it's okay to destroy homes and human beings? it uh, is 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 just bound up with the idea that well it's okay to destroy trees and water systems and and soil uh i mean don't the don't the two sort of fit together and and if people rank human beings above everything else and, and you okay murder they, they seem to have a very hard time with with banning torture and lesser crimes you know how do you convince them that you know it's okay to murder a bunch of human beings but it's not okay uh, to to destroy farms and and streams.
2: You put it. You, you put can, it very well. well.
1: I think you can personalize <laughs> it too, the way you did in your article on the Potomac River. I mean, that I, I thought that was an excellent article. Very uh, revealing uh, about the impact of preparations for war, and the people really don't like the idea of. of boiling their water and their air, and um, they are, if you uh, bring that in and, and bring it in as a matter of the health of themselves and their children, I think that you're making a, an important point that needs to be said.
0: Well, I, I should say with that that's an article people can find at worldbeyondwar.org and related to the fact that we're going to take a flotilla of kayaks and boats to the Pentagon on September 16th with this message. Um, uh, right.
1: That, um, that's a really good idea, I
0: think, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you think so and hope you can join us and tell others to, to, to go to worldbeyondwar.org and sign up. But I'm very much looking forward to the conference, which will be September Ed. 22 to twenty fourth, and you will both be there, Alice and Lincoln Day, with w- with and your we're... film, and, and you'll screen it and then discuss it, right?
1: We certainly uh, hope, hope, uh, <laughs> hope to uh, encourage people to come. Um, there, we have talked to some student groups uh, in D.C., and it was always wonderful to talk to them, and there was, they were very interested in it, especially if you asked, uh, what do you personally feel about this? What part of the film affected you personally? And there, every one of them had a, uh, an idea, and there were different ideas. It helped to discuss it well. and... Um, We have got some other parts of the film that we think might be useful. We're going to, uh, we've made a series of short clips, one minute, uh, because people's attention (laughs) doesn't always go for a whole.
0: And, and we've no. got less than a minute left, Alice. Where can people go uh, to learn more and to there, see this? There
1: are going to be links on our uh, website, the Scarred Land Wounded uh, Lives website, and on the Facebook, and uh, we can talk about it during the conference, um, because uh, we've tried to bring together people of uh, issues that have moral and ethical uh, parameters or are, are part to them, and just make a one minute
0: uh, uh, image of how this affects us wonderful I I, I wish we could discuss it longer we're limited in time scarredlandsfilm.com is the website the film is Scarred Lands and Wounded Lives Alice and Lincoln Day thank you very very much for coming on Talk Nation Radio
1: Thank you for talking
0: with us, David. look forward to the conference. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a non-profit station... Please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.